people have been climbing the walls, you know, understandably. I think the psychological weight of all of this has been huge. You know, a lot of people have been sort of felt trapped inside their apartments for a long time now. One hopes that people who have been now stuck at home for the past month, month and a half, has changed their mentality of, hey, do I need all these things to begin with? That kind of feeling that things were starting to get back to normal and that maybe it was it was reasonably safe just meant that there was a real burst of people wanting to get out and about on the streets. I think, you know, the companies that do end up surviving this and the retail business, you know, we'll see a new aspect of new retail across the world. Hej till dig som lyssnar. Det här är ett specialavsnitt av Den digitala draken där vi tittar lite närmare på just retailsektorn i coronakrisen. Tidsmässigt så kan man säga att Kina ligger ett par månader före Sverige och vi är väldigt nyfikna på vad det här gör för handeln och e-handel och sådär. Så vi satte oss ner och pratade med en av våra experter om det. Sicheng är ju en retailexpert som vi har använt några gånger här i podden. Han är en amerikansk-kines som har jobbat de senaste åren med att just vara en advisor för några av de största retailkedjorna i Kina i de konstanta utmaningarna med både ett stort land och massa städer och olika människor och kunder men också i den snabba digitaliseringen och vad det medför för en väldigt offline-tung bransch. Så vi satte oss ner med Sitchung och pratade med honom om hur branschen har drabbats men även hur bolagen har jobbat för att motverka det. If we just look at the current impact in China on the retail space, how hard has it been hit? It has been hit very very hard, tremendously hard. But I think the bright side of this is uh, I would say that as soon as this happened, everyone expected it to be hit this hard. So as bad as results were, they were all within what people were feeling they were going to be. But I think the realization of how long it's going to last for, that this was not, may not just be here for one month, two months. It might be here for a longer period of time, especially with the global implications in the global supply chain. I don't think that's fully hit everyone yet. But for Chinese companies, especially the middle tier in the smaller tier companies this has been a huge hit into their cash flow and capital management and i know of many companies now that are very are struggling very hard to do the right thing you know and provide for their employees but also stay afloat and it's really going to start reshaping how we think about retail and how we think about business continuity plans for the next few years So I've read some numbers uh, saying that you know retail traffic at certain malls, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, have dropped up to ninety percent, nine zero percent. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'll give you. I won't tell you the, the name, but I can tell you that some of the most popular retailers in China, who the same time period last year might have been doing five million million dollars in a particular city on a particular week. We're doing less than five units of sales for that entire city. Wait, what does five units mean? Like five yes, sales five in total? Five sales units. Wow. So a drop from $5 million dollars in a city down to literally selling five things. Yes. And, it's, and the funny thing behind that is that we don't know, and talking to them is they weren't sure that those five 
units of sale or legit sales or not, or just employees buying things. I mean, because that's a weird thing, right? In Shanghai right now, and also for the last few weeks, the numbers been pretty stable, about 300 people sick in a city of 25 million people, right? So mathematically, you know, the risk is pretty low. And then they have security measures such as temperature control before going into a mall and stuff like that. But still, it's super empty out there. I mean, the stores are open, but there's zero people out, basically, you know, browsing stores and, and retail chains and buying stuff. Uh, why do you think it's empty? Well, a, a few things. And I think some of these were, will be my own thoughts of how people are understanding and taking in the self-quarantine with the social distancing time. I think first and foremost, anyone that's been cooped up for so long at home and when you do go out, uh, the first wave of people going out you know, the majority of them are, I'm going out because I have to for my job or for my livelihood, but not as a luxury. I'm not going out because I want to go play. I want to go buy things or I want to go eat. There will be a certain percentage of people who are doing that, but that percentage would be very small. And those first bigger proportion, you know, because they're doing everything, it's really for their livelihood to make sure that they can get by day to day or make sure their company can run day to day. They're not going to be doing anything unless it takes them for work purposes for going to shopping malls. Everything on is, can be more or less be bought online. And we can see that, you know, this has really proved how strong of a online and e-commerce presence China truly has and how adaptable China has really become into facing these circumstances. You know, one interesting statistics that I was reviewing with a friend of mine who's in the industry was that we've noticed that the store employees, because they're still being paid, they're still truly trying to make sales. So what has changed? Instead of calling, they're setting up very personable WeChat groups for all the stores, fans, and everyone who visited their shops before, you know, whatever contacts they have, and they're, you know, selling through WeChat, selling through social media has become very, very persistent, consistent, and becoming very more personable. And we're seeing that a good store can actually get 10% of what they used to get in terms of sales just from using these WeChat channels that they've just come up with by being more personable. The second piece is we're seeing that really good stores have actually turned their conversion rates up from anywhere from 30% on an average really good store to sometimes even up to 50-60% of sales volume. There's a little caveat here is that a lot of this is done through heavy promotions. But at the same time, I don't think it, anything could be said less for that the employees themselves and that the brands themselves are actually being very innovative in the ways that they're now really contacting their clientele, their customers, and really build, building a very firm level of engagement with them. So tell me more about that. So the scenario is like this, right? A bunch of stores are open or have open limited opening hours. You still have staff in the stores on salary, but there's no one coming in. And what did you mean that they use social then to sell or e-commerce to sell? So I'll, I'll give you an example. So let's say you and I are store employees and no one is coming to our stores. But, you know, I think in, here's what I'm seeing is you start really seeing how well people are adapting is 
we're getting paid, so we're not just going to play around all day. We're really trying to do our best to for our company who's paying us, and we know it's really t- being tough on the company. It's taking a hard on the t- company to pay us this money. So what they've started doing, and, and this is a company-wide initiative, is that everyone that I know who came, who used to be a customer at the stores, who I, you know, in a lot of their, you know, WeChat or Alipay information, all their contact information is there. They start building all these networks now within, you know, most of it is done in WeChat, right? So all their friends and family, they know them live nearby, all their customers that they know buy at their shops, they start building these WeChat groups and sometimes multiple WeChat groups. So they really start selling now inside those WeChat groups and then through private messages, offering private discounts, you know, and many of the brands are being even more innovative outside of the selling piece of it. Their products that they're selling are also more premium products, or most of them offering make free sanitized shipping. They're offering, you know, free masks for every shipment, anything to incentivize a buy. And you can see that even products the really fast companies, they even change their product selection where they're saying, oh, this product is built in with some sort of hoodie or some sort of uh, personal protection environment to help you. So anything they can do to get gather more attention and gain some loyalty through this method, they're really trying. And some of them are finding it's very successful. And I would imagine that after this wave of the coronavirus really starts dying down, that we're going to start seeing that this is becoming the new norm, how the each customer is going to be contacted, not through just the WeChat circles, but really have more direct promotion management centered towards them and have more products centered towards them. And the next wave, I think, of software providers now are going to have to find ways now to capture all that, you know, chatty sort of information and data and be able to convert that to something that's usable and really kind of develop a data strategy-driven methodology for sales. So all in all, I mean, yes, a lot of retail chains, apparel brands, for example, have lost a lot of the volume, as you mentioned before. But at the same time, they have some staff selling like through WeChat. And then they also usually have traditional e-commerce businesses, like either by themselves or let's say through Tmall or Taobao. So all in all, how much would you say like some of these retail chains have dropped compared to last year? Oh, compared to that, uh, I'm sure everybody has dropped over 90%. Like in total, including e-commerce and everything. I won't be too specific, but I think overall it has it's been a drop of anywhere from eighty to ninety percent, especially in the first few months, because I don't think it, especially in the beginning of this, no one was really thinking of buying items. And you can see that a, a lot of what you see selling, what many brands may not disclose to you is that a lot of what they are selling though is not even to customers. A lot of what they're selling is internally to their own employees where they can use employee discounts and heavy discounts to employees. One way is to get, you know, it's really about moving the inventory. Even if we're, you know, we're taking a loss on it, we have to move the inventory. Another way is really to incentivize your employees. So at least they're doing something, they're buying new product and, you know, keeping them engaged as well. And then this will help them on their bottom line as well. So if you see a company and say, Hey, look, how do they move so much if they have a financial report and you say, hey, they've actually moved more units than they thought they would be. You know, a large subset of that could be the internal employees buying things at an 80% or a 90% discount. So talking a little bit about the future then, 
how do you think the retail space in China is going to be impacted by this? I mean, despite lower numbers of new sick people in China, again, it's still empty out. You know, how long time will this go on for? I think if we just consider China and not the outside world by itself, because in many ways, China can run without much interference from the outside world. So just within the China market, I mean, I think we're looking at a disruption that really will last at least until the next spring, summer season. Because if you think about what happened in terms of the selling cycle in the product cycle is that all the retailers and brands, they bought product for winter and for spring way before the coronavirus actually hit stores and hit each country and hit each province in China. So that means in the last three months or in the last two months, they haven't really sold much product. All that product that have been in inventory, if especially if it's spring product or good winter product, that might be left over now for the next fall or the upcoming fall and winter seasons. The summer product is already being ordered or has already been ordered as well. So you can see that the majority of the buy decisions have been made before the coronavirus even started. So retailers now face two decisions. One is I have an excess of inventory that I bought for, and some retailers might have been offset this just by buying less, and they were focusing on more of an in-season reorder strategy. But many overbought, as they generally do for the upcoming seasons. Now they're faced with a lot of inventory left over, a lot less sales, and now they have to buy new product for the upcoming summer and fall seasons if they haven't bought it already. More likely than not, they're going to be very conservative because no one can predict how many people will really start going to stores. So they're going to start buying even less product. All this factors into employees are still being paid. If the employee to customer ratio is heavily impacted, we're going to see a lot of cost cutting by brands where they were probably hurting to begin with and could not you maybe even legally cut costs before. Now they're in an opportunity where they have to be in a survival mode where they might have to cut employees. So we're looking at this impact of you don't have enough employees, you're, you have too much inventory, but you also don't have enough money to buy new inventory because you're also very pessimistic about the volume of customers you might get in the upcoming you know, half year then we're really looking at this impact lasting all the way until after Chinese New Year next year. And we're all hoping now that the coronavirus, A, will have a vaccine by then. B, this is not going to be a seasonal thing like the seasonal flu, where it's going to come again in the next winter. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, because that means that we're going to see a sharp decline for a trillion-dollar market Oh, absolutely. I think we'll, we'll see margins go down. We'll see volumes go down. But I think, you know, the companies that do end up surviving this and the retail business, you know, we'll see a new aspect of new retail across the world. We'll see that there is going to be more adoption into cloud strategies, more adoption into doing things remotely. And as that develop, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how HR and benefits play along when you start having a more remote workforce and be able to trust employees to work more remotely. And at the same time, it's going to really build upon how important the brand connection is to each consumer. Because the ones that do really start doing well and come back out first out of this are the ones that really stay the closest to the customers and that who can get that customers back into their shops or back into their buying mode soon as you know, the overall frenzy is over. 
I think it's really going to create a new mentality into buying as well. Whereas as a consumer ourselves, we're really in the last two months, we've been accustomed to buying everything online. And we've now realized that many things where we were hesitant to buy online before because of quality, we've now experienced that maybe we can trust it more. So I think it's going to be a very interesting period and there will be a lot of change in the upcoming, uh, especially in the technology adoption age in the next kind of year, maybe two years, as more companies realize that technology-driven strategies, especially in this time, will be very helpful. Definitely. Uh, and one of the key learnings, at least from my perspective, from China is that despite percentage-wise low numbers of the population being sick in cities such as Shanghai and Beijing, just the uncertainty and people being afraid really affects offline consumption. Like, as you said, up to or more than 90% drop. You know, one, one hopes or maybe one thinks and ponders that People who have been now stuck at home for the past month, month and a half, and haven't really gone out, this maybe has changed their mentality of, hey, do I need all these things to begin with? You know, because people were worried about their jobs, worried about their livelihood, you know, worried about their food. Maybe when, you know, this started shifting, it would start changing people's mentality to buying so much product to begin with. So I think. It would be interesting if there was a study done on it by someone to see how, if any of that has changed. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I'll catch up with you later. Den digitala draken produceras av Jakob Löfven, Tom Chong och mig, Katarina Andersson. Ljud och mixning av Jakob Löfven och Poddbyrån. Har du tips på ämnen som du vill att vi ska ta upp? Kontakta oss på digitaladraken.com. Vi hörs snart igen.